You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. David said, God sent you with godly advice to stop me from making a lifelong mistake. And look what he said. Blessed is your advice. Can we say that together, everybody? Blessed is your advice. Any advice from God, you're going to say that. Blessed was his advice. Because his advice saved me, protected me, guarded me, guided me, sheltered me, led me. When you're at your wit's end and you're about to turn back to the sin that enslaved you, what do you do? If you're disconnected from God and out of options, what's stopping you? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to be the person you are through Jesus, you need to surround yourself with godly influences. It's not enough to have positive or supportive influences that are of the world. Grow in your spirituality and put sin's deadly wake in the rearview mirror. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in his series, The Top Four Prophets of Future, as he continues in his message, Who Speaks Into Your Life? There's a safety wall around you when you surround yourself with the right kind of counsel, the right kind of advice, the right voices. There has never been in the history of the world, I promise you, Never in the history of the world, more voices seeking to give you and I counsel and advice than today. Never. TV talk shows, movies, radio, magazines, books, countless voices all over social media. They are everywhere in social media. Everybody wants your ear. Everybody wants to counsel you, advise you, prophesy to you, teach you. Rumble, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Reddit, Facebook, everywhere. And they all contain voices of advice and counsel. Go this way, go that way, think this, think that, do this, do that. Here's what you need to believe about this, that, and the other. From the very minute you're out of bed and you return to bed that night, you're going to be bombarded with messaging. Messaging containing advice and counsel. It's everywhere. You've got a little app, Messenger. 30 years ago, uh, you would have experienced, on an average day, 2,000 messages coming at you. 2,000 ad messages. 30 years ago. Not too long ago, 30 years ago. 2,000 ad messages a day bombarded your mind. Buy this, buy that, do this, do that, think this, think that. Constantly. But today, 5,000 in one day. 5,000 messages in one day coming at you. Here's what you believe about moral things. Here's what you believe about gender things. Here's what you believe about marital things. Here's what you believe about money stuff. It's coming at you all the time. Here's what's morally acceptable. Uh, They promote various ungodly lifestyles, and they typically almost always slam the Christian faith. Amen. Most ads, most of the messaging out there is contrary to your faith and mine. It will not encourage you to walk with Jesus. It will not encourage you to live according to the Bible. It will encourage you to go the other direction. Most of the messaging that's coming at you, and it seeps in through your 
ears, your eyes, your heart all day long. You got to be selective, careful, discerning, watchful. We got Oprah on satellite radio peddling new age all day long. Dr. Phil on TV offering up advice on all kinds of moral issues from his own opinion, and most of the times he's in left field. But we consider him a cultural sage, a a cultural wise man. And I'm not here to slam Dr. Phil, but I got to tell you, he's not my sage. Neither is Oprah, neither is any other celebrity. No, no, no. I got one sage. His name is Jesus. One sage. One wise man. And anybody following him, I will listen to. But if you're not following him, I don't know. The entire celebrity culture pushes everything and anything contrary to God's word. And here's the message behind the messaging. Here is that little that little hidden message behind most of the messaging coming at us today to advise us about life and living. If you want to be accepted and you want to be popular and you want to be in and you want to be with it and you want to be up to speed and you want to be smart, then this is what you need to believe and embrace. And if you don't, you're not cool. You're not acceptable. You'll never be popular. We will never accept you. Listen, fine with me. I play for an audience of one. Can I say that again? I play for an audience of one. I don't care what they think. Why do I care what they think? I used to care all the time what people thought. Now I realize, getting a little older in life and going on in life, uh, within five years, all those people you were worried about, they've gone here, thither, and yon. They're not in your life anymore. Don't even matter anymore. So thank God I didn't pattern my life after what they expected because now they're not even there. Now, the the vast bulk of daily messaging that you and I receive, advice, counsel, about everything, comes straight from the world. And the same world that rejects your Savior, your Bible, and your Christian faith. So I want you to remember what the Bible says about the world. Let's put it up there. John writes these words. What does he say? First five words. Read it with me. Now, you say, well, Pastor Jeff, I love the world, and I'll chime in and I'll say with you, I do too in this respect. I love the creation. I'm amazed with what God made. I love every morning going out and listening to the birds sing. I think that anything that is alive, moving, breathing is a miracle from God. I'm amazed at what God made. But that's not what he means by this world. Do not love this world system that is designed against God, that stands against Christ, that will never encourage you to walk with God, that will always pull you into sin, that is carnal, that is lost, that, is, that it has walked away from God. Jesus called the devil the prince of this world. He said, that's what I'm not to love. I'm not to love the Christ-rejecting, God-hating system that is this world. And John says, you do, if you love that world, then at that moment, you don't have the love of the Father in you. I can't shake hands with that world out there and have God amen my life. So that's what he's talking about. James echoed the same thought. James said, if you want to be a friend of the world, You make yourself an enemy of God. What? 
an enemy of God. If I'm going to shake the world's hand, that world that hates Christ, hates the Bible, hates purity, hates everything the Bible teaches, if I'm going to shake hands with that world, then I am at war with God. And anything that that world counsels me about, if it's coming from that world, that's why the psalmist said, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't follow the advice of the wicked. Don't listen to that advice. Don't let yourself be advised in life. Uh, Every genuine child of God is commanded to get their advice and counsel from God's word. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord and meditate on that word day and night. Amen. Another translation says, instead of listening to the advice of the ungodly, love the Lord's teachings and think about them day and night. What do you have to say about gender, Lord? What do you have to say about homosexuality? Can I shoot straight today? What do you have to say about this issue and that? What does the Bible teach about it? Because what the Bible teaches about it, listen, it's right every time. It's right every time. So instead of listening to the advice of the ungodly, love the Lord's teachings and think about them day and night and night and day. Mull on them, chew on them, consider them, ponder them. Think about what God said about those major areas of life. Where are you getting your counsel from? Rock stars? Celebrities because they're popular? I don't follow anybody because they're popular. A lot of times the most popular people are the ones the most messed up. I don't follow somebody because they got a bunch of degrees in their name. I've known PhDs that were dumb. As far as, let me put it this way, they got a lot of knowledge, but no wisdom. Our colleges today are filled with knowledge, but no wisdom. They can teach you how to do a thing, but they, don't, they, they are not to be listened to regarding life and living, instruction, instruction for morals and ethics and money. There's no wisdom. This is why I've called who you're listening to one of the four prophets of your life. Whoever you're listening to sets the trajectory for your future. The advice you listen to today plays a big part in your tomorrow, where you land, how you land, who you land with, where you're going. And we shouldn't be so naive, everybody, to believe just because you're a born-again Christian, you can't listen to the wrong voice. Can I wake you up today? You can be as saved as the day is long, spirit-filled, walking in miracles and all kinds of things, and listen to the wrong voice. You can walk with God 10, 20, 30 years or more and still stumble into listening to the wrong counsel. I've seen people that have been Christians their whole life open their ears up to bad counsel and it totally soured them and embittered them to the faith and they walked away because they were listening to the wrong voice. Proverbs 12, 26, the way of the wicked will lead you astray. Counsel the wicked will lead you astray. Those innocent little statements that people make on TV about some area of life can just lead you astray. 
Proverbs 1.5, a man of understanding will seek out wise counsel. If you've got understanding, you're going to look for counsel that comes from the Bible. One example in Scripture of a man that followed bad counsel and lost everything. Let me tell you quickly his story. Solomon is called the wisest man on earth in his day. Solomon. But in his older years, it's so sad. He did everything right until he got older. Then when he got older, the Bible says the wrong kind of women carried his heart away from bad counsel. Solomon, come on, there's not just one God to worship. You can worship other gods. Worship our God. Uh, Baal, Ashtoreth. Worship these idol gods with us. God doesn't care. It's okay. And he ended up doing that very thing. And he, he drifted from God. And when he died, a divided king left a divided kingdom. And he had a son named Rehoboam. And Rehoboam was immediately coronated. He was the heir apparent. So uh, he was immediately made king. And you read about him in 1 Kings chapter 11 and 12. Uh, you read about Rehoboam. And immediately following his coronation, the people approached him with one request. They said, Rehoboam, we're so glad you're king. Now, that's, I'm, I'm adding that. Welcome to the club. Great. Great that you're king. But your father was a hard master. So lighten the heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. And if you do that, we're going to follow you, serve you for the rest of our days. You got us. If you'll just cut us a little bit of slack, we need some lighter tax. We need some tax relief. So he said, give me a little time. I'm going to get some counsel. So he went straight to the elders that his father had listened to. And he told them the story. This is what they want. And here's what the wise older elders said to him. If you give them a pleasant reply and agree to be good to them and serve them well, you can be their king forever. You know what that was? That was biblical, that was wise, and that was godly counsel. But Rehoboam refused the old men's counsel and called in the young men with whom he had grown up. So he called in his peers. He called in his running buddies. He called in his friends. And he gave them the request. He wanted to be popular. He wanted to be accepted. He wanted to be received. He did not want to be rejected by his peers, by his own. And that's such a powerful force. We all want to be accepted by our peers. We all want to be popular. We don't want our friends saying to us, what's the matter with you? Why are you living this way? Why do you believe this? And peer pressure can literally squeeze half the life out of you. But they advised him this way. Tell them, if you think my father was hard on you, well, I'll be harder. Yes, my father was harsh, but I'll be harsher. My father used whips on you, but I'll use scorpions. (laughs) Everybody say, stuck on stupid. And he went to the people and repeated his friend's words. And the Bible says when the people realized that he meant business, that he really meant it, because at first they didn't even believe him. And he was refusing to listen to them. They began shouting, down with David and all of his relatives. Let's go home. Let Rehoboam be king of his own family. And they all deserted him. Now watch this. Listening to the wrong, ungodly advice, he lost everything. They all walked away, 
10 of the 12 tribes. He was left with Judah and Benjamin. That's it. The vast majority of his kingdom walked away. And he was filled with regret and guilt and shame. That's the fruit of bad counsel. That's why it matters who you listen to. I've known people, I've known good Christians that read one book, just one book. I know, I know one lady that read one book after um, a divorce. She read one book. She's not in this church, so don't be looking around. But read one book after a divorce, and, and it was in a Christian bookstore. It had been on the Christian shelf. It was touting itself as a Christian uh, uh, um, advice book, counseling book. And because she read this one book, she felt that she had every right to go off and live in sin because of this one book. The one book that counseled her wrong set the trajectory for the rest of, for, for years to come. It matters who you listen to. Can you say with me, it matters who I listen to. Now, let me tell you a good story and we'll close. Here's somebody who listened to good counsel. Are you ready? I love these Old Testament stories because they're given for our instruction. Now, watch this. David and his men, he had 400 men. They're running from Saul day and night and night and day. David goes to sleep every night with one eye open, lest Saul, who was maybe the first Old Testament stalker, stalking him day and night to kill him. So we've got 400 men that are misfits, malcontents, discontents. Uh, the, the rabble and rubble of Israel are following him, and he's just trying to stay alive. He's just trying to stay alive. So they would do this, that, and the other to find food and sustenance out there in the wilderness as they ran. So they came across a flock of sheep owned by a man named Nabal. Now, the Bible calls him a scoundrel, but I'm going to paraphrase it and say he was a jerk. No. That's just what he was. Scoundrel, that means jerk. Wasn't that a movie, The Jerk? Okay. Now watch this. But Nabal had a lovely wife. Her name was Abigail. She's married to Nabal, and she herself called him a scoundrel. Now Nabal was self-indulgent. He was foolhardy, and he treated people like dirt. He had a lot of money, but a lot of money didn't mean he had wisdom. So he didn't have any wisdom. And so David and his men found the sheep and the men that were keeping the sheep, and it was time to shear the sheep. So David and his men surrounded these, uh, these sheep shearers with a protective wall, and they kept out uh, 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 people that would have hurt them, robbed the sheep, stolen the sheep, killed the sheep, herders. And, and so they served as a wall of protection around these men until it was, shearing the sheep was all done. And when they had done this job for many days, David went, sent a, sent a messenger to Nabal and said, we, we've protected your sheep. We've done this and that and the other. We would really appreciate some food. Can you help us out? And Nabal, being a scoundrel, no wisdom, declined the request and spoke badly. He spoke evil of David. He ran David down. David's response was this. David instructed 400 of his men to put on their swords. Bad sign. And he said, 
By tomorrow's morning light, there will not be one man left in Nabal's household. They're all dead, including him. In the meantime, one of Nabal's servants made a beeline to Abigail and told Abigail what her husband had done, what he had said, and there was about to be a slaughter in her house. Bible says, without Nabal's knowledge, she gathered 200 loaves of bread, wine, sheep, grain, raisin cakes, and figs. And after loading everything on donkey, she headed towards David. Upon meeting him, she bowed and fell at David's feet and asked him to overlook Nabal's indiscretion. Please forgive my husband. He's a scoundrel. He has no wisdom. Please forgive him. Don't kill us because he said the wrong thing. And she counseled David, listen, with wise advice. Listen to her words. Since the Lord has held you back from bloodshed all these years while you have run from Saul, you have not avenged yourself with your own hand. David, don't do it now. Because when you ascend the throne and you're king of Israel, if you do this, they will accuse you to the day you die of gaining the kingdom by your own hand instead of God putting you there. So David, don't do this. Enter the throne with clean hands so nobody can accuse you of fighting your own way to the top. Listen to his response to her. David said to Abigail, blessed is the Lord God of Israel. Who sent you? Notice, David said, God sent you with godly advice to stop me from making a lifelong mistake. And look what he said. Blessed is your advice. Can we say that together, everybody? Blessed is your advice. Any advice from God, you're going to say that. Blessed was his advice. Because his advice saved me, protected me, guarded me, guided me, sheltered me, led me. Because you have kept me today from committing bloodshed. You saved my reputation, Abigail, and God sent you with godly advice. Now watch this. David's entire life, the rest of his life, was preserved by one 60-second moment of advice. One 60-second, just one little bit of advice saved the rest of his life from regret. And you know what else? Ten days later, the scoundrel died. And David thought, I would love that woman so full of wisdom to be my wife. And she married him. First time she married, she married down. Second time she married up. Because of wise advice. Who are you listening to for guidance and advice? Can we stand together? Who am I listening to? Who are you listening to? Are they godly? Are they biblical? Do they honor God? Are you listening to your peers who aren't walking with God like Rehoboam? Are you listening to your peers because you want to be accepted? Are, Are you listening to the people at your job because you want to be accepted? Or are you playing for an audience of one? Amen. I, could, I, don't, I don't want to follow anybody that's not following Jesus. I don't want any advice from somebody that's not getting advice from Jesus. How about you? Amen? Amen. 
When you look around and take stock of the influences in your life, who's in control? What grounds the people that speak into your life? In today's message, Pastor Jeff showed you how the consequences of surrounding yourself with bad influences. It may seem harmless at first, but the more you listen to wisdom that's not rooted in God, the further you'll fall from being the person you want to be. Make your life matter and invest in an inheritance that'll forever last. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is go to hardwired.org and click on Donate. We're so grateful for your continued support in listening to this program and also investing in the ministry. Once again, the website is hardwired.org to donate. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition. It's safe to say that all of us at one point or another have asked the question, why am I here? Whether we're approaching the end of our time on this earth or just facing a midlife crisis, this is one of the most important questions we can ever ask. If you want to discover your purpose and answer that question for yourself, don't miss Pastor Jeff's next message, The Importance of Why. Stop living your life confused and find the answers you seek through the blood of Jesus. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.